In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Truly he is risen. Since Pascha, the role of water in the Sunday Gospels is very clear. We all know that humans can go for some time without solid food, but we can't go very long without water. Water is a life or death matter. Thus, the easy transfer of our physical thirst into our thirst for eternal life, that is, a thirst for Christ. Today we gather at Jacob's well in Samaria. It is midday, the time of oppressive heat in that area. Christ, humanly tired and thirsty, sits at Jacob's well and is joined by the Samaritan woman from the local village. Anyone who has ever observed village life in traditional societies knows how the sanctioned patterns of behavior are followed, that is, strictly. Women go to wells to get water for their households. But they do that early in the morning, before the heat of the day. And here is a village woman coming in the heat of the day, at midday. Women, gathering at the well, also have an opportunity to catch up on each other's news and on the general news of the village. And here is a village woman coming to the well alone, by herself. She has much to teach us. She engages in conversation with a Jew and a male. And as far as she knows, she is just speaking with another man, until he mentions details of her personal life that would be unknown to a stranger. Then she begins to realize that he is no ordinary man, but for all that, she does not know that she is speaking with God. The conversation is odd. He speaks of living water, and she, bound by a conventional view of things, assumes that he might have some power that would curtail her need to come daily to the well for a heavy load of water. She is wrong. Then, her irregular personal life is noted, and we glimpse possible reasons for her coming to the well at midday, when no one else will be there, coming alone, above all to avoid the other women in the village. The conversation goes on, and she brings up the matter of worship, which she understands is a question about geography. The Jews worship in Jerusalem, the Samaritans worship on their own mountain, and Christ imparts at that point a teaching that will become a central tenet of Christian faith and of the spiritual life 
by taking the matter of the geography of worship and interiorizing it, telling the Samaritan woman that what God wants by way of worship is a worship in spirit and in truth. That is, the geography of worship is the human heart. Not only is this a revolutionary correction to a worship that had been tied to a specific place, it is also a corrective to any notion concerning the role of ethnicity, in this case, the Jews and the Samaritans. The fathers commenting on this note that God himself is spirit, and they recall that already in the Old Testament, a sacrifice to God is a broken spirit, that is, we are called to interiorize our worship of God. Today the Samaritan woman reminds us that we do not always know with whom we are speaking, that our own assumptions and expectations are not always the only ones that count, and they are not necessarily even the right ones to begin with. We cannot help but understand the central importance of worship on the basis of this encounter, not merely as an external act, but above all and first of all, as an interior disposition of our heart. Our external worship has to be unified with our internal thirst for connectedness with God, who is spirit and who is also love. And yes, the fathers commenting on this gospel note that he who created water in the first place is himself thirsty today and comes to a spring asking for that which he himself brought into being. The Samaritan woman, as we know, will become one of Christ's followers and will suffer unspeakable torment and death in the reign of Nero. She will bear the name Fotini, a reference to her having been enlightened by the light, and is held in the highest regard among the Church's great martyrs. She has learned the lesson imparted today. She dies neither in Jerusalem nor in Samaria, but far away from both mountains. May our physical thirst, your thirst and mine, be for us a summons, reminding us that more than water, more than anything else, you and I, dying as we are, crave and thirst for that water of eternal life, and that our authentic worship of Christ slakes our primordial thirst for real life, eternal life, and not for the mere prolonging for a few more hours of a life that is dying, a life that is compromised by mortality, a life bound to death. It is in this thirsting spirit alone that you and I can claim to be worshipping Christ in any 
of our beautifully constructed services. Christ is risen. Truly is risen.